The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. After Jesus was baptized, he was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. To Dr. Dupree and to my brother Ben. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so thankful to be here on this first Sunday of Lent. I tend to show up at interesting times when I'm visiting churches. Somehow I think I'd rather come on the 1st of May, but here I am on the first Sunday of Lent. So I want to share some things with you to consider. Let me first say I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. I was born in 1954, 65. You don't have to count. <laughs> so, I was born there, and I am the fourth of five children born to Oscar and Dorothy White. By the time I came along, Mom told my dad, look, I've had four of these babies. This one's named after me. So that's how I am Dorothy. In that time, I came up where we were in a Baptist church, And the church was our world, not only because of the social restrictions that were around, but because that's just how my parents were built. They were the babies of the 30s, and they saw things very differently. So my religion, my practice, my life with God is very, very practical. I could stand as I was preparing to come this morning. I was thinking, oh, now I can do this and quote Augustine, or I could talk about Teresa of Avila, or I could tell, and and then it's like, Dorothy, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. That is not me, okay? And I knew that if I came to be someone other than who I am, I would be giving in to the theme of the lesson today. You see, what we see in the gospel lesson 
is the devil's attempt to give Christ an identity crisis. Yeah, he, be somebody other than who you are. So, I want to read a prayer to you, and I want you to think about this as I read it slowly. Lord, I am far too much influenced by what people think of me, which means that I am always pretending to be either richer or smarter or nicer than I really am. Please prevent me from trying to attract attention. Don't let me gloat over praise on the one hand or be discouraged by criticism on the other. Nor let me waste time weaving imaginary situations in which the most heroic, charming, and witty person present is myself. Show me how to be humble of heart like you. You know, I'd much rather pray something else. Lord, let me look like Halle Berry. (laughs) Please let Denzel move in next door, you know. that stuff ever worked for me. None of it ever worked. It was in the everydayness of life that I learned faith from my parents. They were well aware of the limitations outside of the front door of our shotgun house. They were well aware But my goodness, I was older before I realized we were poor. They just didn't think that way. To them, life was a gift, a priceless treasure. Therefore, we were rich. It took me a long time to really live into what they were saying. In our story today, we have the temptation, oh, you're the son of God, take stones and make bread out of them. You're God, you can do that. But no, we have in this lesson a Jesus who acknowledged the order of creation and would not violate it just simply to fill his belly. It took me a long time to realize the restrictions in our world were not authored by God. And when I grew older and I began to learn to pray this prayer, it changed my life. The prayer is simply this, Lord, let my heart break with the things that break your heart. When I prayed that prayer, I began to realize I was giving up my right to choose how I behave. So, I don't know about you, I don't enter into Lent giving up chocolate. I'm already allergic to it. (laughs) So it's no big deal for me, but this is what happens to me in Lent. 
As I pray for what do I need to focus on, what do I need to concentrate on for this season, Lord? These are the kinds of responses I get. Do not send a mean, vindictive social media response even when you get one. Do not respond with hate even when you are the recipient. I did not know what a life-transforming experience I was about to have as I drove down to Charlottesville in August of 2017. I stood and a young man with a shield, a bat like a, a baton that could break things, and a rebel flag looked at me hollering obscenities. I'll be honest with you, I did not audibly hear them. In that moment, God gave me another way to see my brother. Yes, my brother. And my heart began to break because I knew that this young man had so demonized me that he could not see that a sister was gazing back in his face. And in that moment, my heart broke. I realized the message of my parents got through, be authentically who you are, and that's what Lent is about, being the human being, the gift that God sent here for you to be. Now, so that you can be perfectly clear, let me explain to you something real quickly, so bear me for being this personal. But Dorothy, about 20 years ago, would have had a bat too, and we would have had a battle right there on that street. So don't get this idea, oh, isn't she humble? No. <laughs> God has come into my heart to live. And metaphorically speaking, I don't want so little room for God that God is squeezed into the corner of my heart. I want God to inhabit the place, to live freely, to have the right to choose my disposition, to give me the ability to love instead of hate. That is something only God can do. So here, Jesus had been told, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, and then he's ushered into the wilderness to be tempted to be someone other than who he is. How will you be as a son of God? People don't know who you are, so come, let me show you the, the kingdoms of the world. Let me show you things that you can do and be your God. Show off. But no, no. One of the things that God has shown me I used to serve at St. Catherine's School, and I taught while I was there. And one of the things that God showed me was this. God did not send me to St. Catherine's to teach. God sent me to St. Catherine's to learn. If you ever want to see God, look at the heart of a child. Look at her energy his disposition, 
their strength. See the way that they love unconditionally. I can remember times after Lower School Chapel when I was physically tired from a hard weekend, and one of those girls would come up and hug me, and this is what they would say, You did good! Yeah, you were awesome! And somehow I knew they heard, not the sermon, not the illustration, they heard my heart. That's the thing that needs transformation during Lent. Will you join me in that? Will you be determined that my attitude's going to be better after these 40 days? I will emerge with a deeper sense of love for people. I find that through the times of difficulty, I learned lessons from my parents that I wasn't aware of learning because I did not resist those lessons. They were so normal to me. And so I can remember sitting in front of the television set when the news broke that the former governor of Alabama, George Wallace, had been shot. You may remember this. So I was sitting in front of the television, and I called my mom in because of breaking news, and it really was news back then, not, not who Beyonce married, but okay. <laughs> So anyway, breaking news, okay, and I said, I will never forget this, he got what he deserved standing in front of that, and my mother said, stop, don't you ever do that. We only have the right to give mercy because we are the recipients of mercy. And I remember thinking, Mom, have you lost it? But no, she had found it. She had seen the hurt and harm that hatred does. I had an uncle who served in World War II, and he served in the Navy. And when he returned, he was very bitter about the Jim Crow laws and his inability to do anything after he had put his life on the line. So my uncle, his name was Martin Luther, and he was not king by any means. (laughs) He had a temper that could take the paint off the wall. And I remember my uncle. He was in a bar probably about three or four miles from our home. He was in a bar. A man got upset with him, shot him. My uncle got up off the floor, drove about 20 minutes, got his gun, came back to the bar, shot the man back, and drove himself to the hospital. That was my uncle. (laughs) And I remember when life broke and his heart became tender and the bitterness left. And I remember how costly his hatred had been. Was it justified? That's not the conversation. Hatred hurts those you hate 
as well as those doing the hating. And I remember my uncle Emil, by the time he passed away, I have no doubt he is at peace with the Lord. But what a message it was to me about being someone other than who we authentically are. Human beings were not built to carry hatred. That's why we get ulcers. Human beings were not built to be mean and evil. That's why it just doesn't work. Our faces are distorted. Our backs ache. Our shoulders ache. Because that's not what we were built for. We were built to love and to be loved. Forgive and be forgiven. Strive for life and embrace life. So, who will you be today? Who will you be through this 40 days of wilderness wandering? What will you see? Will your eyes be open to see something new and different? Will you experience something you never have before? My sister Frances uh, was in business for herself, and she was able to do a trip with some children in our hometown of Knoxville. So the trip was for middle school kids, eighth grade and older. So. She had the trip all arranged. They got buses. They were taking the kids from Knoxville, Tennessee to a beach in North Carolina. I forget, keep forgetting to ask her which one they went to, but they went to a beach in North Carolina. Well, about a week before the trip was to go, one of the grandmothers of the church got in touch with Frances, my sister, and said, I know this trip is for the older children, but are there any, is there any way my grandsons can go? Any way. Francis is very blunt. <laughs> so the children were, the boys were seven, nine, and 12. And so my said, no, there's no way they can go. And the grandmother kept appealing to her, but, but please, if they don't go with you, I have a feeling they'll never see the beach. Can they go with you, please? I just feel like they need to go with you. So Francis said, well, they'd have to stay in my room. I, there's, we've got everything all set. They can't, there's no one to chaperone them. I would have to do it. And the grandmother, but please. And my sister said something in her heart. Her attitude had to catch up later, but something, something in her heart <laughs> said, do this. So they go, they get to the beach, they are ready to go, and the bus driver accidentally opens the door to which these three boys run out, and they run ahead, and they're running toward the ocean, full speed. All the chaperones are panicking. Stop, stop, you'll drown, stop, stop. And they're just running. When they got to the edge of the water, the youngest one, my sister was catching up to him now, he turned around and looked at my sister, and this is what he said. Look, he's pointing to the ocean, look, Miss Hall, Look what God did. 
And I'm telling you that when your eyes are open, you will look at what God did in a way you never have before. You see, in a moment, we'll commune at this table and we'll look at one another. Look what God did. And if we really catch the essence of that reality, our lives will never be the same. You may walk to this table, but if you really get who's here, it'll make you want to run. Look what God did. The world needs to know that through us. And our loudest witness, our loudest witness needs to be our life. Be who you were made to be. And don't let anyone deter you from that. <laughs>